Well, well, well. If it isn't, look what the cat dragged in. There's another version of it. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Welcome that's to the, Eric that's Show. the version. We're here. We're live. We're back in Austin. Um, you know, we successful mission. Um, on many target on acquired. Many front, yeah, multiple targets acquired. Mainly, not coincidentally, thanks to the um, primary overall sponsor of this podcast lab putters yeah thanks sam thank you sam that's that's all i really have to say the content will speak for itself because you putted your fucking mind out i mean we were i was making putts from places that you don't make putts i'll say one so we were in we're in hawaii that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about the adventures in golf season 8.1 island golf capsule and uh while we were there we played kapalua um, under sentry conditions, first tournament of the year, shot a break 90, and on hole six, I um, believe. Six, yeah. Hole six, Eric uh, hit a, a gorgeous drive. He had about 110 playing down into the to the screen. It was an awkward shot. Like You you came into it, you were like, it's going to be a bad shot. I just knew it. I was almost like, it was it was like on a down slope. I had like kind of an uncomfortable number, uh, like, Left wasn't good. Right was worse. A lot of wind. And yeah, I basically borderline shanked it. And um, I had just come off a birdie too. Yeah, just come off a lip out eagle putt. Lip, lipped out for eagle. And so feeling feeling quite well. We won't say any of the scores. But then you pitched onto the green. And you had 40 feet left for par. And it felt like the turning point of the round. You were either going to two putt and keep going. Or you were going to three, four, or five putt. And the round was going to completely fall apart. And what door did you choose? I mean, I made a one putt. Yeah, you like made it. A f- was it was not. It, no one was like, "Oh, he's going to make this." We were with the head pro. Shout out to Michael. Um, you'll see Michael in the video. If for any reason you're listening, Michael, it's it, thank you so much for having us out, and and we'll get to all those thank yous in a bit. But Michael turned to me after he made that putt and said, "Okay, so he can actually play golf." <laughs> he he, he said, really did. Yeah. Well, he was. Well, he said, you know, because golf's amazing because bad players can make great shots. Yeah. But some shots are so impossible yeah. just from a pure speed perspective. Yeah. That you have to be a gamer to even have a fighting chance. Yeah. And he said that was one of them. That's pretty. I didn't. Obviously, I didn't know that. I didn't think it was necessary to tell you that in the moment. I didn't think that could yeah. help. I didn't. I didn't know what effect that would have. You know, he did change. I mean, by the way, this putt. Um, I was. You probably don't know the sixth green at at the plantation course here, but like, you know, uh, I'm like front right. The pin is back left. There's a massive ridge probably about a five-foot ridge that you're coming up over. Michael did give me a good read. Like, he knows the course. You know, he's been here for a long time. And it went in. And it was just one of these things where by the time it's going in, it's traversed so much earth that Mm -hmm. the ball is almost, like, shrugging its way into the hole. Like, it's, like, limping, like, like as if it was, like, you know, just just down and out in the rain waiting to get picked up, you know. And, And it just just fell in. Pin was in. We weren't taking the pin out. There's no need to take the pin out because this the hole is in a different country, as as compared to where it was struck in. You know that it, it traversed. It needed a passport to is, get to the hole. Honestly, was that the best part of your life? Because <laughs> it felt that way for me. <laughs> it would stand to reason that the best part of my life would be for par. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it certainly felt. It didn't feel quite as incredible as the putt on nine, which was also oh for par. God, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was one that needed to go in. That one needed to go in, and I and and as I mean, I made I think what did we do? Four, five. Well, we won't. Birdies? We won't. Yeah, we won't. We won't say anything else. It was stupid birdies. We, we won't say anything else. It was a colorful scorecard, one might say. Yeah. Uh, we shot a break ninety. I'm not going to tell whether or not Eric did it. You'll just have to watch. Yeah. Um, I will say, and it just came to me. You know what it felt like when that ball rolled into the hole, and just as you said, shrugged off the earth around it. It kind of felt like if Sisyphus, Sisyphus was pushing the boulder up and like one day he pushed it up and it didn't roll back down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, exactly. It was like all of a sudden, yeah, it just sort of like got hung up on a gravel piece and just sort of stayed there for a day. Um, but, you know, all that is to say, like, you know, there's a lot of different ways to change your game out there. Um, a lot of different things you can do. Um, and... You know, I'm not I'm not like a crazy equipment guy. I do love equipment. I've, I've for many years had a fascination with golf equipment. Um, I was skeptical of the lab putter at first when I saw it with my own eyes. I played with the Mez, which is a bit more palatable for those of you that might say this putter's ugly, um, and it has quite quite literally changed my game. You know, the the whole putting stat is just skewed this year. Yeah, a little bit more accessible as well. Um, how do you how do you like feel over the Mez? The Mez is the Fang type of lag putter. Yeah, and you had like a a really nice looking yellow like ochre <laughs> orange. The white inside shaft. baseball is JoJo designed this putter for himself, and I've since sort of borrowed it. You're welcome. You know, I, I I'm glad I did a good job. It's to your specs, so I just need to get fitted. Yeah, that's my problem. Um, I uh, I liked it. White shaft, uh, a little thinner um, grip. The forward press grip and then yeah i mean I, I i don't i don't have a basically i would do anything sam asked me to do from lab if sam was like cut off one of your toes it'll help your game i'd be like which which one and like do you have any like uh, hydrogen peroxide this kind of goes and and you know the link in the description go to randomgolfclub.com slash pages dash lab dash golf yeah or um go to labgolf.com and, and make sure to to tell them we sent you there because yeah, you got to tell them we sent it you. matters for us it turns out it does um but the the larger theme here is I think you're this is my perspective looking from the outside looking in um, we've been golfing together for years now it's one way of putting it this is the best your game has ever looked I'm back I don't even know why and I would like to kind of unpack maybe why what do you do you have any idea I remember a year ago we were in Cabo um, and our friend Dave you got did some lessons you felt good then yeah uh, what's going on is it just like holidays? No, um, it's technical. You feel you feel the swing change. There's something at the top of the swing that I like. The little Matsuyama move you're doing on the irons, or what's going on here? It, it's it's a hand configuration that when I get to the top of my swing, it's a very simple swing right now. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, part of it is the um, the uh, the, um, the the training aid from David Woods, the Pro Sender, the Pro Sender, yeah. yeah. And if you haven't tried the Pro Sender, God, we are not sponsored by the Pro Sender. We're not, so this but is, like, this I just, just think you should click the link. We'll get a we'll get a a code so that you get a little discount or whatever. Or you, we can at least get credit for that. But like, it's not a cheap toy. Um, I think it's in the like it's less than two hundred. But I don't know. I mean, I'm a friend of David's for a long time. I did feel like it was priced on the high side when I first found out about this thing, but there's something about where it gets my right hand, my trailing hand at the top of the swing where I just get this beautiful like set. Mm -hmm. And then are you bowing? Like, are you Dustin Johnson it at all? Or it's is it actually bowed a little it bit feels bowed, but yeah. in, in video, it just looks flat. 
Because that's what it looks like. It's like a one plane flat swing, right? Yeah, now, it which does. is the simplest it could be. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Eric's Instagram account, but um, you post that like stinger little yeah. shot at Cole out. iron. Yeah, which I cannot fade. wait to talk about that course on this podcast. Oh my God. But um, it's such a simple move. Yeah. And the ball is working. Yeah. I, I would strongly recommend, like, if you were struggling with your own golf, if it's the swing that's the problem, check out the Pro Center. I, I, I feel like they might have a money back guarantee. I, I don't, they should because it's so good. You wouldn't ask for your money back because it, it basically takes any golf lesson that you might um, sign up for, which I'm a big fan of taking lessons. Um, and it kind of puts the lesson in your bag. Every time you go to the range, it's a feel. And you're really getting the feel of like what it's like to set your hands at the top. And then it allows you to bring that club down without thinking about inside, right? You're just, you're bringing it down. And now, I mean, I mean, draws with the big stick, you know, like, and uh, I, I, I mean, I'm in love with it. And like, you know, you'll see at Kapalua, like I, I credit lab for the really, the real low numbers. Mm-hmm. And I credit, um, you know, pro center for the avoidance of high numbers because w- you, you want to just keep your ball on the golf course, which I'm not known to do. You know, you're describing these technical aspects, but I also think there's something mental going on as well. I mean, it's golf, you know, that the six inch course is, is really where you make your strokes. Yeah. Um, What's going on? Like you seem just a little more free and, and loose out on the golf course for these film videos. I don't know if maybe that's just like uh, evidence leading the yeah. hypothesis hypothesis here. Well, I think at Kapalua, you know, something happened that morning. I woke up and I got served a, a surfing vlog. Actually, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. I I, sur- I wanted to see a vlog yeah. of Pipeline. Yeah. Um, and I got served. I wa- I watched this like vlogger the surf vlogger and like he was just like so stoked to go just like record himself going surfing and it just like you know because golf content doesn't inspire me point blank right like it does not you know when i watch other people because i care so much about making great content Mm -hmm. and i have such a deep and personal relationship to the places where golf exists and the reasons that it exists that for me most golf content doesn't really hit that for me um and you know like I've been lucky enough to see a lot in golf. So it's it's rare that I would see something that I'm like, oh, wow, that's new. Yeah. That's imaginative. That's creative. Um, and that may sound, you know, might maybe kind of like cocky, but, um, you know, I'm just obsessed with learning. And so if I'm not like really learning something, it's kind of like whatever. So, so for me, like watching a surfing vlog, I learned a lot. But the takeaway was like, Dude, we're going to go have fun today and we're going to film it. And like, you know, like, sure, it's a video about score, but like, I'm just going to have fun. And like the funny thing about the break 90 at Kapalua is I hit a five wood off of the first tee five inches behind the ball. And I didn't, I didn't ask for a mulligan. You were offered one. I was offered one. I, I said, Hey, by the way, because um, an hour early, we weren't supposed to do break 90 that day. No, we were supposed to do it the next day. Yeah. And a lot of YouTubers pulling the curtain back on um these series and when they do this like they do practice rounds the day before oh yeah i've never like never done that they go like warm up for two hours at the range i remember doing beth page with grant and taking grant to the like shitty beth page range and he was just grinding next to muni golfers yeah because like if you want to break a score and usually you're stress testing what your score could be yeah it's not supposed to happen every time and you would have to work for it you i asked you i said hey can we please do the break 90 today you're like whatever you know like 
Fucking, fucking bring it. Yeah. Let's do it. We asked the course. They weren't letting a single person touch the back tee boxes. Sure. As, which is normal. Because they, they were like, they have to be pristine. Yeah. And there is one divot one more. on one yeah. at Kapalua. And Alex and um, Michael, they're all, they were all laughing about it. Like, they yeah. all know. But it's going to grow back in the month. Well, you might see it there. And just, and just if you do see it on the first tee at Kapalua for the century, uh, that, that mark is, in, is, in front of, is behind the ball. It's before I hit the ball. I, I drop kicked a five wood. But, you know, whatever. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I think the mental side of what you're getting at here is it's like, um, you know, I watched um, Jane is Awful last night. Have you seen this? Uh, the Netflix, uh, the yeah, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror, Joan is Awful, yeah. 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 Do you, are you familiar with the I watched. Concept? I watched the episode. Yeah. You watched it, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's it's kind of like a real like fourth wall kind of experience where um, you know this girl um, is kind of living an uncomfortable life, isn't really happy with her work and her relationship, goes to therapy, kind of like dawns on her that she's not really in having an experience of main character energy, and then that night comes home after seeing an ex boyfriend, um, you know, expressing her dissatisfaction with her current relationship, sits on the couch with her boyfriend, realizes there's a show about everything that happened that day in her life. And, you know, essentially like invited to uh, embrace that main character energy and and be who she really wants to be. And it's obviously not ideal for her for most of the film, but, um, you know, like, are you holding the joystick in your life, right? And I think no matter how much freedom any of us are like able to wield there's still a choice right is life happening to me or for me yeah and um i think it's less about golf and getting the ball in the hole and more about yeah yeah this is this is what i want right i'm going to do this and i'm going to enjoy it every last sip um that's probably what i would say and the other side of it is how do you respond like if if god gives you you know, a very good ground of golf. How are you going to translate that and tell that story in a way that's exciting to an audience? Well, you can do the same thing with a bad round of golf. So it's mm-hmm. once you are dealt whatever cards you are, play that hand. Yeah. And, and play it to the way that um, has has brought us here, you know, to this point where we have the, this incredible opportunity to fly to Hawaii yeah. for nine or 10 days and never put a camera down. I mean, case in point, what's the scene that you remember from Casino Royale? The one scene, say it, you know it right here. Got it, go. I mean, besides the ball whipping? The ball whipping. Okay. <laughs> right? It's when he's in the chair with no seat and he gets his balls whipped with like a monkey nut. Yeah. You know, from Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. right? That's the scene we remember from Casino Royale. Not the one where he falls in love. Not the one where she leaves him. Not the car crash. Not the elevator scene. You know, not when he realizes she's deceived him. Not when they're on the beach and he decides maybe he'll give up being a spy. It's the one where he's getting his balls bashed in. That's what people want. Jane is awful. You're saying that was probably like, what, hole 11 at the country club? (laughs) (laughs) It's all the time. Everyone experiences on the golf course, no matter what. And that was my first shot. I got my balls bashed in on the first shot. Like, it didn't go out of bounds, but it was an embarrassingly terrible shot to open up a break 90 with. And yet here we go at the end, right? And at the end, I lipped out for Eagle again. So... People do care how the movie finishes, but I think they really want to see your balls get bashed in. 
and that's golf. <laughs> that's golf, man. Um, that's golf. Like that. That's that's why we watch the pro tournaments because yeah. we know how hard it is. And and again, going back to the, I mean, it's it's embarrassing how true this good news, bad news, who knows is. But like, we want to see you get your ball smashed in, and get the girl. I can't wait to clip that for so long. That's, <laughs> I get to, I know I get to go watch Casino Royale for my job. What a job! Uh, I will say this: I was driving to work today, and I thought about this, thinking about twenty twenty four, thinking about what we want to do. Yeah, the year's almost over. Someone said to me yesterday, they said, "How are you feeling about the year being almost over?" And I was like, "I haven't even thought about it." Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. we we haven't had a chance. Our you know the, the last four months, mad scramble, production trips, everything. Man, Breaking Bandon, Breaking Bandon happened. Jeez. Sometime in the in the recent um, past, uh, the U.S. Open is at Pinehurst number two this year. Yeah, big time. And I think you should try to break eighty. Yeah, I'm all in, baby. I, I think I think the you numbers eighty is the number. I think the numbers changing. And yeah. I think I think it would require. You, I would need some short game practice. You to like want to do it in advance yeah you know what we should do we have these artisan wedges that i haven't unboxed if i took those artisan wedges to a grass range with a launch monitor and got really dialed on my 20 40 60 80 yard pitches that's how i win it at pinehurst that's because you're gonna the only way yeah you're gonna hit greens but they're gonna fall off yeah and you're not you can't tear apart those no you you gotta chip those yeah and when your chipping's on it's fucking money yeah i just need to get dialed into that piners is hard obviously Dude, you know what we should do is we should do a prepping we should do like a prep for the break 90 we should we yeah. should we should do a whole series that's like can, can we get can we get to this point because the u.s open is our biggest video every year we always do it with someone super cool last year we did it at the um, lacc with gareth bale we're gonna do it at pinehurst this year with someone awesome yeah and you should be breaking like whatever we can talk about it but i think and let me know. If you're listening and you're like, this sounds interesting, hit us up. Let us know what we should do in advance. If you're a coach and you're yeah. like, hey, I'd love to make 10 videos with you where we, we focus on this, we focus on that. This is what you need to accomplish at Pinehurst. Yeah. And I'd love to release like five or six YouTube videos yeah. leading up to it that's like, I'm 2024 is the fucking year. And yeah. if you manifest that year now, the draw. you know what I mean? Year of the draw. Wow. 2024 is the year of the I'm draw. Back, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'm as optimistic as I could ever be, you know, and I think if I can just get that club back to that, like, set at the top, just rip through it. You're one of the few people who could actually do it at Pinehurst because you, you have the distance. You have the length. Yeah. We, got some, we got some yards off the team. I mean, it hit a 400-yard drive a couple of... Yeah. Oh, my... Another thing I need to clip. And we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we made up our own green. Oh, yeah. 5T to 6 green. Yeah. Talk me through that. Like, how did that happen and what did it look like? So we were on the 5th you probably don't notice this when you're watching it on television. And I'm, and I'm assuming, um, you know, like Kapalua is like, you know, if Mars had grass. And so you come up on the fifth tee and you're really, it's almost like there's 60 acres that take up two golf holes, right? Which is normal golf course is about a hundred acres for 18 holes. So like you're on this like huge, like abscess of golf in the jungle of Maui with two crevasses that are each 150 feet deep. You're presented immediately with a beautiful par five uphill bends to the right. The wind is going to push it right. It's a wonderful tee shot to hit because you can basically hit anything from like a gentle draw to a nice cut and you're going to find the short stuff. But if you are on the tee and you look to your right, there's another hole. And this hole seems completely uh, extraneous, 
right? It's it's not clearly it's you're not going to mistake it for the hole you're going for because it looks like it's a mile away. In fact, it's two and a half football fields away, 100% carry. <laughs> like, like the tee box on five is on the edge of the crevice. And the front edge of the green on six is on the other side of the crevice, 253 yards away. Of course, we said, let's go there. Got to go there. Got to go there. Um, downwind, hit a five wood on the green. Like, like it wasn't as hard as I was thinking it was going to be, actually. Yeah. Well, you made it look easier than I thought it was going to be. We, <laughs> we, we also had like three golf balls. We didn't have a lot of golf and balls. We, you hit all three of them. Boom. Because we were like, okay, well, you hit it and you hit middle of the green. And we were like. Can we do better? Well, I guess we'll do it again. And we didn't lose a single one of the golf balls. But one of the more beautiful, I'd say possibly the most beautiful par three I've ever seen. And it wasn't even a real par three. That's interesting. Yeah. What, what would you even call that? I mean, I guess it was a par three. It was definitely a par three. Yeah. Because there'd be no other place for the ball to land except on the green. Good point. So if you're on the link on the green, you should two putt it. Yeah. I'd say it's like either a par three or a par eight. And it all depends how <laughs> how that T shot goes. Yeah, the hidden holes of Kapalua. Um that's really the the hidden hole of Kapalua, I guess. And and apparently some pros did go after that during a practice round. Yeah, they had wind behind them. We actually had wind into us. They hit iron. Um, when, so, wind, yeah. so I think it would have been iron yeah. in that case because a little bit down. But the as you said, the trees kind of come straight out at you yeah. from the other side because of how steep that, yeah. cr- that crevasse is for, crevasse. for the French listening. Yeah. Um, that the the tops of the trees like kind of point directly at you. I, the whole time I was just like, man, I wish I was on drugs. Really? This Which whole, I want to shoot a break ninety on you know yeah. on, on on mushrooms once. That'd be an interesting experience. Like like production crew on yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, whole over. whole crew is on mushrooms, but you're on. So, <laughs> we sh- we show up the footage is pointing all in the different ways. Everyone like clicks on the video thinking I'm gonna be on mushrooms, <laughs> and I'm like, no no no, I'm fine. <laughs> over here, camera over here. Yeah, he's shooting his feet. <laughs> Still. Uh, we got to go to a quick break, but when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk adventures in golf. Bam. Here's the thing. If you're into cold therapy, I tried to yeah. do a trough from Home Depot, which I got for $30, and then I was like, I'll just fill it up with ice and water, and I did it. I bought $30 of ice. I bought like 12 bags of ice or whatever, threw them in the ice bucket, poured it with water, and in the summer in Austin, 90 degrees, uh, it was about a 65-degree tub, and it took about 25 minutes to do. And it cost me 30 bucks. And I was like, if I do this, right, like 100 times, that's $3,000 and something like, you know, thousands of minutes. So I was like, immediately, I got the plunge on Affirm. I paid $100 a month for whatever, 40 months or something. And it was like instantaneous, like simplicity. And it incentivizes you to get in it which is there's no downside to cold therapy. So head over to Plunge, use the hashtag code, low temps, low scores. I don't know if it's a hashtag or what. It's not a hashtag. Not a hashtag, yeah. but just low temps, low scores. It's proven. It's This is not new. Um, if you're curious, please check it out. Plunge is a partner that is based in America, Sacramento, filled with good people. Um, I'm a fan. Dollar Driver Club. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's a club, but it's really more of like a Costco membership. And so if you sign up a Dollar Driver Club, you're going to get crazy discounts on irons, drivers, wedges, putters, discounts that they can't advertise online because they're illegal. They are based in North Korea, which is totally complicated. 
But nevertheless, no, they're based in Austin, Texas. Um, Tyler, good friend of the brand here in Austin. And ultimately, um, you can get a discount there as well. DDC slash XRGC. RGC, XDDC. The, the link is in the description. As Eric said, basically, uh, Dollar, Driver Club, Dollar Driver Club is like a, a little golf hack, is, is ultimately what I've discovered it to be. It's not just drivers. It's full bags. It's everything you could need. And you just get access to prices that you wouldn't be able to otherwise even like crazy discounts or deals or whatever, you just get the newest stuff. And because they're able to circumvent MSRP, you get a lower price. Yeah. So check it out. See what they got going. Um, you know, there, there's so much. Um, there's such a cliff for this experience of being online and being advertised to. And for me, uh, I don't really like being advertised to unless it's something that someone truly believes in that they might tell you about in an airport or at a holiday dinner or at like a golf round. And it's like, let me tell you about this thing that I paid for that I think you should also pay for. And that's why I really like Dollar Driver Club and, and Plunge because these are things that I've purchased on my own that I've found to be valuable that I'd like to tell you about. And then um, Tacoma Golf, our good friends in Finland, my possibly some of my favorite people I've ever worked with in my life. You know, when you want to talk about performance, you know, like for me... The, the, the irons I'm playing, I think MB301s, musclebacks, they're tight, they're tidy, they're tiny, and they fucking fly. Yeah, you want to hear what they sound like? Head over to the Instagram page. Yeah, the three iron's nasty. You got a two iron. I do have a nasty little two iron. It's nasty. Sad. It makes my driver feel sad when I put it next to it, and the driver's yeah. like, hey, use me. And I'm like, I mean, no, thank you. I don't know. It's a, you know, like, whatever. You know, just like go hit up Tacoma. Do we have a code for them or no? Tacoma.com um, slash TacomaGolf.com. And uh, I think you can slash RGC on that one. Uh, we're going to no discount a... because the clubs are as discounted as they can be. They don't have any sponsorships on the tour. Well, actually, that's not true. Wesley Bryan. Yeah. Um, but they don't do um, you know wholesale. They don't sell to stores. They don't mark up the prices, so it's hard for them to mark them down. That's a great way to put it, Phillips. Um, but I will say that we're going to be doing a bunch of giveaways next yeah. year. We're going to probably start doing a giveaway, maybe like every one or two episode of the EAL show and we might hide like an Easter egg or something in the actual ad read. So oh, man. keep sticking around and listening. Uh, I'd love to get a Tacoma in each as, ma as many of your hands as possible. My favorite thing about Tacoma is that they're down to fuck around. Yeah, they just want to try stuff. And we've got some really cool projects for next year. If you've ever heard of the red paperclip, wow. we're going to be doing that with Tacoma. Don't keep that out. No, I'm keeping it. I'm just marking. We're back in the episode. Yeah. Oh, are let's we? Just, let's just go hard transition. We don't need hard to. transition. No, no music is playing right now. Let's There's just no go music. right back in. <laughs> oh, there it is. Just another big boy. In love. Should we play Baba B? Uh, cue it up. There? And uh, while he's saying that, we're what we're really talking about today um, through the end of the app is, is adventures in golf. And for many of you, I saw some comments on Instagram. They were like, we, we weren't sure if it was ever coming back. We weren't sure if we were ever going to see it again. What you're about to hear is the episode itself. This was our theme song for the week in Kauai. Yeah, this was uh, the second island of three that we visited. Most people don't go to Hawaii and, and go to three islands in a short period of time. I learned that the hard way. But uh, Very few people go to all three islands in one trip. Yeah. But we ended up at a place called Tahiti Nui, which means Big Tahiti in, um, in the Hawaiian language, or like kind of a festival of Tahiti. Let's just play them a minute of this. We heard this song. Yeah. Right there is perfect. Yeah, this is a guy named uh, Baba B. Baba B. Baba B. 
Yeah, and what's really cool is like at this moment we we had gotten to this show by way of Daryl. I mean, let's just do like. Do you want to start in Kauai or do you want to start? Well, well I'll do this. I'll, Maui and Oahu. I can get through those pretty simply. Maui, the PGA Tour asked us to go to Maui, which was interesting because it's given never, the never happened before, right? Cape Town. Cape Town, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in Maui, it's obviously a complex subject matter, which is, you know, the devastating fires in Lahaina, uh, displaced 2,000 people, uh, 100 people died, one of the worst fires we've had in the United States since Chicago. So 100-year, like, fire. Um, and, you know, like, managing that material is very challenging from a journalistic perspective, right? Like... Um, you know, what, what, finding out what the story is and being true, you know, we even had an experience where, um, you know, we, we came across some locals and they were not interested in being involved yeah. in any capacity. I didn't want a camera near them. And what it's called is, uh, you know, there's, a uh, what's it called? Like terror journalism or, or, um, yeah, I mean, there's disaster porn, disaster porn. Right. And so this is camera crews rolling up in the days following a disaster or tragedy and really just, you know, filming the fires, interviewing people, and just, like, you know, telling this, like, you know, like, like at that point, people don't want to be televised. Yeah, and the goal of that, I don't even know you can call it journalism, but the goal of that sensationalist press is put something so scary on screen that you have to watch it. Yeah, clickbait. It's basically, like, human reality clickbait. And, you know, that's not what we're about, right? Like, we don't, we, we rarely touch subjects like this. And, you know, but the PJ Tour asked us to. And, like, I thought, what an honorable request, right? Like, they trust us. Because, obviously, the PGA Tour with Kapalua. So, Lahaina is one of the westernmost towns on Maui. Very, very, like, unpopulated area, right? Most of the population of 170,000 um, Hawaiians on Maui is on the east side. And so, we're on the west side. It's kind of like... Not a lot going on there. And so you've got this Kapalua Resort. You've got a Ritz-Carlton Resort. You've got a PGA Tour event. And then you've got Lahaina. And they're all really a one community. And that's the story we told, right, is how um, Kapalua is 500 bucks around. You know what I mean? The, the, the dudes from Lahaina aren't playing golf there, right? It's not for them. It's for tourists. And um, But at the same time, like there was an element of the story of interconnectedness and how it's like, hey, we have resources. We have rooms, we have beds, we have towels, we have clothes, we have, you know, a, a place to um, serve as like a, a home base for the children that don't have a school anymore. And we have like activities that the kids can engage in, which are fun, for example, golf. And um, it was just a wonderful story that like we were able to tell in Maui. I need to cough. <coughs> Yeah, and I, I would I would add to that saying that when we arrived in Maui, we were pulling into where we were staying, which was a couple hundred yards away from the golf course. It was on the Kapalua Bay course. So basically we stayed within a very small part of parcel of land for the whole episode. And as we were driving in, we drove past a party. A luau, if a, you will. A luau, if, if uh, yeah, exactly. And there were glow-in-the-dark golf balls on the range at Kapalua, the, a range which has showed up in the news because it's too small for the pros. You know, it's yeah. one of the most beautiful ranges I've ever seen. And we weren't planning on it, but we pulled over. Um, we didn't really bring the cameras out. We just mostly we had a little GoPro or whatever. You know, we're always traveling. Um, we pulled over and we just started to talking to people. Yeah. And it, it was an event for, you know, families who had been impacted 
to have a little joy in their lives. And it was together. It was put on by the golf course, the GM of the golf course, Alex Nakajima. Yeah, the GM of 100 course. He's hosting a community event for kids. A month month away from his biggest year, like day of the year. Yeah. And they had a little pump track for bicycles. They were giving away the bicycles. They had a food, like a buffet. They had like a little putting game set up for the kids with glow balls and lights and like music. And it was, you just, you know, imagine walking up to, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a course, you know, but like most courses at this level don't this is a municipal operation yeah what i'm saying is this is the this is like the nicest most like muni you've ever seen at this point right the the the, it's the pga tour course that became a muni that's that's honestly what it's the pga yeah it's the pga tour course that became like a little community-based yeah municipal golf course and it couldn't be possible without the people like like alex um you know like andrew at the ritz like max from the tour from like Mark, you know what I mean, who's who's been this mainstay Hawaiian golf legend. Mark Rolfing. Yeah. Not just any Mark. Yeah, not just any Mark. We spent a lot of time with Rolfing and I felt like, you know, um gonna spend a lot more time with him in the future. Yeah, I, f- I felt like with Mark, you know, like you'd see one thing on TV, but then you see this other guy who's filled with heart, you know, spent a lot of time with Arnold Palmer, like that was his mentor, you know, his story about meeting Arnold, you'll see it in the AIG, but like becoming friends with him, like I felt on some level like Mark and I had our hands on the same torch, which is this deep love of golf that exists far beyond 10 under and 20 under and like Sundays. It was more like a Monday love of golf. Mark's the guy, so if you don't know, he works for NBC and he's uh, one of the more esteemed golf commentators in the sport um, and just lives in Maui. He's, has been on the island for 40 years working in golf, as Eric said. Uh <laughs> He actually was working at Kapalua, or uh, I, I believe the like the predecessor, like the the village. He's the course. reason why the Kapalua tournament is even yeah. on the PGA Tour. Exactly, he's working at a golf course in, in Maui, and um, like at first it was a rolfing production. Yeah, and Arnold Palmer came came by, and he went in the pro shop and said, "Who's the best golfer here?" And this is when Mark is twenty years old. And this, Mark, is, this is no plantation course. Mark says, "Me and a bunch of other people in the golf shop are like." calling bullshit on that Big to like, differ. oh whoa 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 um and arnold says cool come play with me and he shot like four under yeah shot in the 60s and palmer was like you're my partner yeah and now when i come to the island you're my partner <laughs> and palmer came back again and again and brought more and more pros with him until you end up with this match play event for for a number of decades and then in the 90s 1999 to be specific kapalua um tournament champions bam um and since then, it's kind of it's kind of a sleeper giant, you know, event on tour. It kicks yeah. off the season. It gets a ton of press coverage. And we have an entire episode dedicated to how this year it was a tournament unlike any other in the past. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. You know, what's funny is I'm reflecting on um, I got the chance to spend half a day with Pete Dye without anyone else. It was just yeah. me and him. And um, we were in his living room. And I did an interview with him while he was watching Kapalua on silent. Really? Yeah, and I remember like Stricker was in the lead or whatever, and you know, every between every question I would ask him, he would be looking at the TV and he'd be like, "Oh man, there's Wendy out there," <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like there's a lot of PGA Tour events, but there's few that have a story as rich as this one, like with with all sorts of community aspects to it. And I hope the film, you know, uh, can can really deliver the impact of what we felt while we were there. What was the most surprising? <clears throat> 
what person sticks out to you as the one that you were least expecting to talk to and most Archie. So who's Archie? Archie is a broad stick of a man. <laughs> Archie you know? Kalepa. Archie, he might be bow-legged or he might just be walking on pegs that are just like <laughs> thick as fuck. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Archie like, you know, was born in a pair of like camo like cargo pants. Yeah, he came out in a ghillie suit. Yeah, dude, like you know, uh, you know, Hawaiian, right? Uh, tan, ice blue eyes with like uh, no interest in laughing for laughing's sake. You know, um, has a, a a much like deeper sense of uh, stillness in purpose um, than you normally see. M- most people are caught up in the BS, and Archie uh, in this high valley farm. Uh, making uh, what might seem like a small tarot patch, but doing it as a flag stuck in the ground of water rights on the island, and and really advocating for the the uh, you know who owns the water, right? Yeah. That kind of was a question, and um, again and again and again it came up. Kapalua, the word means the uh, arms embracing embracing the ocean. Yeah, and so this idea of holding this water in knowing that it'll seethe through your fingers. Mm. You know, wh- who who gets to collect it, who gets to own it, who gets to hold it. Yeah. And as you said, you know, he this is this community figure that the entire island has rallied around yeah. to a large extent. On the mainland, we look at water as like, yeah, it comes through a pipe, dude. We're good. On the island, it's like there's no pipes, right? It's just like it comes out of the clouds, down the valleys, and that's the water. Um, so yeah, meeting Archie was really fascinating. Um, definitely, uh, first take, we got up to this valley and I said, and I feel like we're in apocalypse now. And he said, that's my favorite movie. Yeah. He, there's some Kurtz vibes, uh, got up to the valley by, by way of, we were supposed to interview at the beach. Um, his, uh, one of his comms directors, his handler, um, Alehu, he, uh, he, who had sailed around the ocean, sent around the world with him for five years, yeah. by the way. Um, there we go. He showed up, he, like an enterprise rented commercial lifted uh, Ford truck. Yeah. And was like, hey, uh, change your plans. You have to get up here and someone's going to drive you on the rockiest road you've ever been on for 30 minutes. Yeah. And at the end of that, by the way, you're going to bring a pepperoni pizza because Archie hasn't eaten yet. <laughs> and uh, at the end of it, there's going to be a small tarot farm and he's going to be up to his waist in mud. Yeah. Using his hands. Yeah. Trash cans that they are to bring water out of the dirt yeah it was incredible you know um yeah archie was definitely the most outside what we were expecting and i think it's going to be a great contrast to the ecosystem of interconnectedness up there you know um by the way um i I didn't mean to ask you this i thought this was a little surprising to me archie's a character who we expect is going to say i hate golf yeah and what did he say when when you asked him he's like i mean he's like i love golf he's like i can't afford it but i love it yeah. And, um, you know, on some level, you know, golf around the world presents a complicated equation for, um, you know, governments and citizens that don't play because ultimately golf tends to consume a lot of water that might be used for other purposes. Um, in Scotland, right, there's not a lot of sprinkler heads. But, um, you know, despite that, he still, you know, felt like as much as, tourism has become part of the industry on the islands um 
you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? And it's an ecosystem of interconnectedness that he kind of came came to at the end with us as well. Yeah, and then... It, that, it, it demands a lot of compassion and wisdom to be able to have a take such as that. Yeah, and then um, and then we got on a plane and we went to Kauai. Man, Kauai was wild. Kauai was kind of a, um, you know, when someone gives you some firecrackers and you don't quite know what they are. So you just light them? Yeah, and it's like, we got a Roman candle. Yeah, there was got a, an M80. a mortar or something. Yeah, to say, it, coming from the episode on Kapalua and Lahaina, which was very, very much, we knew our schedule, we knew who we were talking to, and we knew our story to a large degree. Yeah. Uh, we landed on Kauai. Within an hour, Eric had turned to me and said, am I being punked? <laughs> I did, right? Yeah, because it was just like so disorienting. Yeah, we went to Kauai thinking that we were going to the golf course where Jurassic Park was filmed. Yes. And TJ was like, well, we didn't film it here. We filmed it on another one of our properties. And I was like, huh, okay, that's a big X. And then, you know, we're like walking through this beautiful golf course. And there's just this like, there's just these portions, large portions of grass, thousands of square feet that are just like ripped up. Like it would be as though someone had like a 10 foot golf club and just was shattering it at the ground. Like, like it was as though someone had a shovel and was just digging up the turf. And I was like, what is that? He's like, that's the pigs. Some real Groundhog Day shit. Yeah. And I was or like, not Groundhog Day, Caddyshack. Yeah. It was like gopher times a thousand. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what, what, what do you mean the pigs? He's like, well, the pigs come out and dig up the soil in the middle of the night to search for worms. And by pigs, he means wild boars. Not pigs. Boars. Husks. With husks and fur. And um, I was like, well, what do you do about those? And he's like, well, our super goes out and hunts them in the middle of the night. And I was like, well, call your super right now is he here and he's like no he's not here i was like, call him. okay speakerphone never met the guy and i'm like daryl it's eric hey man how far are you from the course he's like uh 10 minutes comes over with a gun yeah walks into frame with a gun and uh you know obviously what else are we gonna do we, we go we he invites us to hunt pigs with him that night we thought we were dinosaur hunting no yeah we did instead you know and then he had all this infrared equipment you know we're hunting for the heat of a pig in the woods um you'd built a scarecrow out of a tire and some some tarp oh, the scarecrow was it wild. was it was like um you know you you think golf is one thing and so many episodes have been about this side of it and it's almost like the iceberg thing or or dark side of the moon where in order for you to get this you need the other side of it yeah and this whole episode was composed on the other side of that coin yeah and then at one point i think we looked at his fingers and you know Spoiler alert, his nickname and Instagram handle is Fingers. And you know, he had these uh his his right three fingers, thumb, index, and middle finger all had like abnormally long nails. I thought he was a coke addict. Um I thought it, he was like taking on the pigs with his hands or something. That's <laughs> weapons. But apparently it's to strum to pick his electric ukulele, which is where we heard the Baba B song. Uh, we he invited us to a show and we go to the show, but you know, the other person at the show was a cat named Michael. Michael from Wisconsin by way of Dubai works at uh, a, a much different golf course yeah. on Kauai, Mackay, Princeville Mackay. Not not a cheap golf course, um, which happened to be the home for a couple dozen albatross, which I'm obsessed with albatross. How could you not be as a, as a golfer? You know, this, this yeah. rare bird, even rarer on a scorecard. Yeah. 
And so these albatross are hanging out there with their eggs. And it's a crazy story. We'll leave it for the episode. But here's Kauai, this like um, wild island, 70,000 people, just as big as Oahu with a 1.2 million, right? Very sparse, very, very kind of rugged. And here's these two courses that have, you know, um, contrasting stories of, you know, um, the, the animals that inhabit the course that aren't dressed in golf attire. And um, it was really funny to, to just see that counterpoint between the two. And, you know, Michael came to the show with his wife and, you know, Daryl's there playing with Baba B, this guy walking around, riding around in a rascal, just like, you know, feeling the tune. And um, that was a beautiful episode. It I, might, that could be my favorite from the trip, actually. It, it might be the best intro. One of the best intros. Yes, we drove into the hills and recorded a Jurassic Park intro. Yeah, like through a fence. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got creative with the camera work. So like the camera jibs up over Eric to look like a dinosaur's perspective. Yeah. Uh, it's this incredibly composed shot over the bridge. We had Simon with us for this trip. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you've been a fan for a long time, you obviously are familiar with his work. And it, it felt like a lot of new things and a lot of old things yeah. at once. Um, and Kauai will, will be a very special memory for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I think Kauai is one of my favorites. Don't forget that um, one of my best friends in the whole world who, who I met in Alaska, I, we, we saw each other on Find My Friends on our iPhones, and we were on the same island coincidentally in Kauai. Like just a handful of miles apart, like on the same side of the island. We were, on the, we were just dots together on the map, and he had booked his ticket three days before on a whim for an airline benefit. Yeah. And so... We called him to join crew for the day. I yeah. mean, these are the things you can't make up from a serendipity perspective. We were like, tr- we were taking inspiration from a show Eric and I both like called How To With John Wilson. Great show. And we made a How To With John Wilson. Yeah. Like we would love to title the episode How To Get An Albatross or something. Yeah. Because then we did try to get an albatross with uh, Casey who played in the Masters as an amateur. Yeah. At Wailua, which is the, the greatest public. I mean, the, the thing to remember before we go to Oahu here is that I didn't realize, but on our last night... I realized that this was JoJo's first... First first boots on the ground, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. had produced episodes Mm. before, but not in this capacity, not in this way, which uh, it's, it's, you know, trial by fire. And, you know, most trips have one huge fail or one huge flaw or one huge challenge, one bust in the nuts with the monkey monkey rope, you know? Didn't happen on this trip, really. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, dude. It's a testament to a, a very strong crew, um, and a lot of institutional knowledge. And, you know, I said this... Who won't take any credit. I said this... Well, I said not. this to you on the last night. I think this was some of your, your finest work I've seen you do in a long time. The interviews were, were exceptional. So whatever. You don't want to listen to a podcast of two, you know, two guys, like, really... Really, really giving, it, giving it to each other. But uh, we're very proud of this, this um, work. And we're happy the season is back. Yeah. And that's without even talking about the weirdest golf course. And we'll close it out here. Although we, we are announcing the, the winners of ProMaster today. So stick around to the end for that. But I just... What is going on at Koalau? Yeah, I mean... We won't spoil anything. Oahu was very much like a complete episode, right? It had everything it needed to be a great episode from having a, you know, multi-hundred million dollar golf project that's closed to having a teaching pro with a huge CV kind of hanging out again, like Apocalypse Now. Haunting the golf course. And and now maintaining this closed golf course with his own hands, 
right? Like learning how to manage greenskeepers and, and mowers and driving range stuff and, you know, teaching like yoga meets golf and this like, again, this like interim, like, you know, second lease on life. Like the course has been determined. It's terminal, right? Like there's, it's not coming back, right? Like people might think it is and like we can all have hope, but like we went over to Royal Hawaiian after this, just the neighboring golf course that's fully functional. Like it's a challenge to run a business in a rainy environment like this where there is, you know, uh, a lot of golf on Oahu. There's 70 courses or something, I think I heard. Um, and I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I'm going to list three things. Course was... Um originally built with a clubhouse that cost $60 million to make. Yeah. $200 million property, as Eric said. Um, it was the hardest golf course in the world. Very hard. Objectively speaking, from a USGA ratings perspective, we brought one of them out to the course and we asked him to rate it. He said it wasn't even a golf course and it was too hard to play. Yeah. And we're running, and it's owned by a church. Right, the church owns the golf so, course. So like any single one of those is an AIG, right? For sure. Any bullet I just listed, is that an AIG? Hardest golf course on earth, is that an AIG? Yep. Golf course, $200 million, closed now, part of it's still open. Golf course, the only golf course in the world owned by a church. Yep. All three of them. And in a sense, it made it extra complicated. Almost impossible. Yeah, because you're trying to take a lunchbox and stuff in like, a you know, 10 pounds of barbecue. It's like you're packing, you know, you're packing for a trip around the world into the rucksack. You're going to need, yeah, I mean, you're going to need to go shopping at some point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and just like the, the visual of looking at what is, a, it's a stunning golf course. I mean, it is absolutely stunning. Overgrown. Overgrown, yeah. A foot and a half of grass on the tee boxes, moss over the ball washers, you know, branches all over the cart path. You know, the the channels that you're supposed to hit through are now overgrown with trees. There's a... There's a shared tee box on 18 and 11 where there is literally no where to hit the ball. Like it's just it's a circle of grass with trees all around it. There's 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 no indication at all of where the hole is, and it's just something I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. And you know, here we have this. We also cabin. had it to ourselves. Yeah, there was no. Which, one as out you there. said, it was almost a problem. Yeah. It's like this infinite sandbox. Yeah. No one playing through. No constraints. Um, I didn't, we, we haven't talked about this yet, but the, the day after when we had finished wrapping, we drove around the Island. We had a great day. We played uh, Kahuku. Um, you and Simon beat Kefra and I in a match. Well done. Um, and we drove up the Pali highway and you were like, let's stop at this lookout just to look at the Island. Mm. And I didn't realize, I don't know if you realized that we'd be looking down at Kolau, the golf course we'd just been at for several days. Yeah. And that changed everything for me because the level of which it disappeared into the jungle. Yeah. The whole back nine was invisible from the sky. Couldn't see any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the front nine was like the scar in the earth. Yeah. Just waiting to heal. The jungle gets its day, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of metaphors about uh, Kolau, you know, um, this kind of, this kind of uh, ticking clock, Nature's coming back, you know. Um, you know, we're lucky to be able to play golf. It takes a lot of energy to build a golf course and to maintain it. And, uh, you know, certainly in Scotland, they, they were born naturally. Yeah. You know, the sheep ate the grass. In the winter, 
it was it was playable. In the summer, it wasn't. Winter winter was the season for golf in Scotland, and that's why all the pictures of old Tom have him wearing a fuckload of clothing, right? And um, you know, we've we've perverted the game a little bit due to our desires, but we've perverted everything: lithium batteries, you know, the internet, airplanes, bridges, boats, a, a floating sea of plastic that you can walk on, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, we're headed directly towards an apocalypse, I believe. But Kolau is an example of that. And I think if people see that, it's not, I'm not an activist for anything other than, you know, being kind and enjoying your life and recognizing how you need everyone around you. But Kolau is an example of what's to come for me. That's what I see it as. I mean, clip the episode, send it for voiceover. You just you just heard the end of the, uh, <laughs> the third episode of Adventures in Golf Season 8. Um, Eric, it's just good to be back in the booth. Uh, we do have one announcement to make. Boom. So we had a really exciting moment. Um, you know, when I was young, when I was 16, I worked in a camera store and um, I developed film and, you know, that's pretty much all I was allowed to do. Uh, it was an automated process. I would just <laughs> press some buttons. But, um, you know, I loved cameras and I loved photography and filmmaking and I had a dark room. And, um, you know, when ProMaster reached out to me last year and they said, hey, we'd love for you to speak at this conference. I went up to Minneapolis and, and spoke at this conference about my experience in golf and content creation and, you know, kind of like this, this funny world that we're in with, um, you know, storytellers now owning their own distribution channels through their like social media accounts, whether it be YouTube or whatever. And, um, you know, the role of the story has always been a big part of my life and of human existence, right? Whether it's a cave drawing, whether it's sky writing or public art or, um, you know, uh, clothing, right? And, and I believe golf fits into that as well, right? How, how you play golf is how you do everything. So, um, you know, we, we talked to ProMaster about doing a contest on the Mad Scramble Tour, which would see three winners. And I'm, I'm going to reveal those winners right now. Um, but we had, uh, this, this idea of bringing out non-golfers to like contextualize the game that we played during the mad scramble, which, you know, a hundred people play together on the same hole, which is a metaphor for the interconnectedness that I believe is sort of part of the solution, uh, of, of life. So, you know, we had, uh, we had a one award for best black and white photo. We had one award for best action photo. And then we had one award for best overall photo. And these are three different rewards and, and, and the top one. What a what an interesting prize we we built for them. This was my idea. But it the, was the, the winner of best overall photo will be invited on one of our trips, whichever they choose to join us on, and um, you know we're going to have a deep hang. Uh, the other two are going to get uh, a great gift bag and some gear from RGC and ProMaster. So without further ado, best black and white photo goes to Jacob Real. Or Real. Jacob Real. Yeah, this was in um, <clears throat> in Cortland Park in New York. You'll see the photo in front of your screen if you're watching right now uh, of uh, our good friend Justin Berkheimer, one of the scratch golfers teeing off, if I recall correctly. At, uh, at Van Cortland. Yes. Yeah, so this is best black and white photo. Uh, Jacob from Brooklyn, big thanks for coming out. And uh, a great photo that we can't wait to hang up in the office. Um, so that's first, first runner-up. Second runner-up is best action photo um this photo is also from van Cortland. surprisingly yeah yes there are two great photos two I mean, van Cortland photos and one Yorkers. from another one what are you gonna do um this is jay sherman godfrey 
Um, Jay, you're from Kingston, New York. This photo shows how the putt goes down at the very end. And I don't know, he had some creative filtering. It was a beautiful photo that really, I think, captured the overall action. That's why it's called Best Action Photo. So thank you, Jacob, for taking part in the contest, and we look forward to sending you all the gear. Now, drum roll, please. Best overall photo here. This is a photo from Chambers Bay. It's on the ninth tee box here, or maybe actually the 18th tee box. After the sun has set and we're sitting by these old kind of like, you know, uh, concrete walls that I think were part of a, a, a silo for some type of material. I don't really know. Um, and you can see this horizontal photo with lights in the background, a big swath of people on the tee box. And then there's just this red tracer flying through the shot. And that photo was taken by Dan Poss. Dan Poss from the PNW. Dan, you're going on a fucking trip with us. Let's go, Dan. We are excited to have you out on the tour with us. Um, Instagram handles all linked below. Um, Dan has a wonderful career in photography already going. So it's no surprise that uh, you know you came away with the best overall that encapsulates what I believe is the experience of playing golf in a foreign capacity, right? The background, the foreground, the action in the shot. It's all there. So Dan, great photograph as well. Jay and Jacob, thank you so much for taking part of this and everybody else who joined into the ProMaster contest. And big thanks to ProMaster for you know signing up for something a little crazy. Yeah, what a, what a weird um, choice. Uh, special honorable mention to a poster that's over Eric's shoulder that Keffer took at <laughs> Chambers Bay. Keffer was not eligible for any of these con com contests, even though he did submit for every single one of them he was not allowed to we told him did that. one time hit closest to the pin on an abercrombie giveaway <laughs> and no i will not be giving him the the abercrombie gift card just give him a shirt you'll get something else in the mail for a christmas cover big thanks to all the partners from the mad scramble tour uni pizza ovens pro master abercrombie and of course turtle box turtle box the greatest speaker ever made based in austin texas so that's the rundown of aig dan we're looking forward to seeing you on the road and I'm really looking forward to showing you the films that we made in Hawaii. We might be coming back with an episode before the New Year's just because it's hard for Eric and I to stay off mic. Um, we got a lot going on. but uh, So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned as we tell you some guests coming up in the early New Year. We're so excited for 2024.